good morning. It's been a good morning. I appreciate you being here. I uh, love the enthusiasm in worship this morning. Yes. Uh, love the enthusiasm in worship this morning. Um, going to step out of the sermon series this morning, which is uh, the cross and the empty tomb, to talk about what's on everybody's mind, which is, you know, like Tim said, the giants, are they going to, you know, so, well, at least on some people's mind, not so much mine, but I want to talk about what's going on right now, and that's uh, Hurricane Irma, because uh, everybody's thinking about it. So you can see the title of the message today is The Cone of Certainty. Not uncertainty, but certainty. And that's, I think that answer is found in Jesus. I think everything we've talked about so far has alluded to. I appreciate John pointing out the songs because the songs selected this morning were, you know, that was done by design. You know, as we, uh, you know, Kendall led us through at the name of Jesus. You know, that's where we're headed with this message. You know, Jesus. Uh, uh, sanctuary, you know. Prepare us for a sanctuary, but we also find sanctuary in the Lord. Uh, amazing grace, my, uh, my lighthouse, our God is greater, and then it is well with my soul. You know, all of those had that, that theme of God is our, our great protector and, and provider, and that's what, we're, uh, that's what we're talking about this morning. So if you have your Bible, uh, I'm going to give you three passages of Scripture. Now then, I don't normally like to do this, but I'm going to give you three this morning. And I'll go from the last passage back to the first. That way you can mark them and, uh, in the right order. Uh, so if you want to put something in Mar uh, Matthew chapter 7, that'll be the last one I look at. Matthew 7. And then John chapter 14. And then Mark chapter 4 will be the, uh, the, first one, the first one that we look at. Well, as I said, I mean, and as Tim mentioned in our, in our call to worship, everybody's mind is, is on the weather. And we all, I'm sure, have been watching the weather for several days, uh, Jackson watches the weather constantly. I mean, he knows more about the weather than I know about the weather. He telling, he's telling me about weather patterns and what we need to do and when to expect the rain and how much wind and all this. I said, son, if you're going to look at the weather this much, you better be a meteorologist when you grow up. I mean, if you're going to just be worrying about it constantly, why not parlay this into some kind of some kind of career. Plus, you know, as I've said before, you know, being a meteorologist is the only job where you can be consistently wrong and then still keep your job. So kind of a win-win, you know. Uh, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, it looks like they are pretty much right uh, right now, and so we're preparing for what is, uh, what is coming our way. Uh, as I was sitting there uh, just a few minutes ago, uh, our uh, adopted Nino Gabriel is reading through the book of uh, Genesis right now, and he was in chapter 6, and he elbows me, and he points to the flood narrative. Noah and the flood story, and he goes this. <laughs> That's what we're experiencing. And uh, so I, I got a text from uh, Terry James uh, 
late Friday night, early Saturday morning, just kind of checking in to see how things were going here. Uh, and, you know, he said that, you know, they've taken in several uh, people, but not only people, they've taken in several animals, dogs, cats, horses, all of those things. And he said, I feel like Noah in the middle of all this. And I said, that's probably a pretty good description for what's going on right now. And so that's what they're dealing with even this morning. They're home taking care of, of, of people and, and animals that have, uh, have come into them uh, throughout, the, uh, throughout this process. Well, on Friday, you know, we started seeing everything, and uh, Wednesday, Jeffrey had mentioned, and we'd already been talking about this and thinking about this, the possibility of needing to open up as uh, a, a shelter for evacuees, and we made that decision Friday that we would do that uh, on Friday afternoon, and so it went into trying to round up volunteers and supplies and get things ready here. And we received the first of the evacuees about 9.30 Friday night. And it was a family that was evacuating from Brunswick. Uh, they had been ordered out. And so they just made their way over here. They actually went to, uh, uh, is it Rose Haven? Is that what they call that? Uh, they went there. And, you know, they, they had their own issues they were dealing with. Uh, and so they were sent to us. And so we, we received them here. As a matter of fact, as they were getting here, I was still blowing up air mattresses just trying to prepare, and so we got them in, and it was about an hour later, we had another, a family of five uh, that were evacuating from Fort Lauderdale that, uh, that came in, and they were, uh, you know, they'd been on the road all day, just been in traffic, you know, coming up the, the interstate trying to, to get out of there, and they were just, you know, everybody that was here was worn, you know, just sort of had that tattered feeling, and neither family was in a large vehicle, but you had a family of four and a family of five and had everything that they could carry in these vehicles. Now, the family of four not only had people, they had animals with them. Uh, they had like, like 35 parakeets, it seemed like, uh, and then one hamster. And so we had them in here as well, which the kids loved. You know, the kids thought that was awesome. And I kept thinking... We're going to have to shoot one of these parakeets because I know it's going to get loose in here and it's going to be swooping us during church on Sunday. I just kept thinking we're going to get, have to do something to get this parakeet out of here. Fortunately, they were fine. Threw the cover over them. They piped down and went to sleep. And so Tom and I stayed up uh, on Friday to Saturday just kind of just you know making sure everything was okay. And every now and then we'd just take a stroll through, through here because we had one the Brunswick family and the 35 birds were over there and the Fort Lauderdale family was over here and my family was over here and so me and Tom just kind of hung out out there in the in the foyer drinking lots of coffee and just talking till we would nod off and then we'd get up and go just wander make sure everything was okay and I came in here a couple of times I kept hearing this chirping sound and I couldn't figure out why well, I was like surely that's not those birds it was like 2 30 in the morning and that hamster was just working that wheel I mean, he was, I came in here again at 5, and he was still at it. So he was, a, like, to get his exercise in during the nocturnal hours, and, and he was up late doing that. Uh, everybody had a good night. Everybody seemed to, uh, to sleep well. Uh, we were really fortunate because, you know, because it happened last minute, because we made the decision last minute, you know, it was, it was tough to get some supplies. Fortunately, we still had a lot of air mattresses from last year 
when we housed evacuees from Matthew. And so we had a lot of air mattresses. We had a lot of pillows. Um, so that was fine, but we didn't have food. And so we were kind of wondering what we were going to do because this family was hungry. And from what we had heard, there was no pizza left in town, so there was nowhere to go get pizza. Uh, then we got a call from, actually it was our, you know, our state representative, uh, Darlene Taylor, she showed up, and they had been having a rehearsal dinner for a wedding, but because of the weather, half the people couldn't come, so they had just tons of food left over, and so they brought that over. So we had, like, we set up a table right over here, and we had fried chicken and green beans and corn and banana pudding and rolls and salad and tea and, and all of that stuff. And so what was really cool is that, you know, we just had this table. In fact, I just put it up just a little while ago. We had the table right here, and there was, you know, 10 or 12 of us just kind of standing around this table and you had the family from Brunswick who or Brunswick that were uh, Pentecostals and then you had the uh, the family from Fort Lauderdale which is a Hispanic family and so she they are very Pentecostal he it was a Methodist pastor uh, of some sort and you know and here we are me and Tom and my family we're standing around and we're praying over this Food, and it was kind of like we had a, like a Eucharist meal as we stood here together and we thank God for what we had. And I began to, to pray, and she's praying in tongues, and it was just kind of, you know, we're just praying and eating and spending all this time together. But it was really awesome. And, you know, what I find out, you know, we, you know, churches fight a lot, and we got a lot of denominational struggling and all that. But it's times like this where I think we get at the heart of what Jesus prayed in John 17. For unity that they may all be one because it's times like this where it's like okay let's forget all the stuff we fight over let's just focus on people and love people <laughs> and that could be a sermon in itself could it not okay we've got our differences we know that let's focus on Jesus and if we focus on Jesus that's that's a good starting point we'll figure we'll let everything else sorted out so it was good but as we continue to watch the weather and the storm began to uh, to tick a little bit to the west uh, and we started seeing the, the forecasts for here early in the week, uh, we realized that this is, while it's a good, and Doug worded this best, while this is a, a good shelter for evacuees, this is not a good storm shelter. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but if I had another option, I would not want to ride out a storm in this building. Uh, we have a few windows, if you've noticed, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, our, our building is a little sensitive, being that it's kind of thin-skinned. Uh, you know, it w you know, wouldn't take a whole lot. Uh, so we made the decision to go ahead and shut this shelter down, and then it was a matter of placement of our evacuated families. And so we talked with uh, Laura Reed, who was really in connection with all of the shelters in town. And so Bethany was contacting her, and we got worked out that First Baptist was fixing to open, and so... We, Tim and I and Doug and my family and uh, a couple others were here and we uh, helped get them to safe spots. Actually, the family from Brunswick ended up going home with just a person in town. She took them into their house uh, and then we helped the other family from Fort Lauderdale. Tim and I took them over and got them checked in at, at First Baptist and we carried the supplies that had been given to us. And so we got everybody kind of taken care of probably by 6 or 6.15. And so it was just kind of a crazy 24 hours of what was going on. In the meantime, you know, we're strapping everything down and getting everything prepared for the hurricane. Like I'm, I'm sure you 
you have as well. As a matter of fact, Doug said, you know, what's really great about this is that uh, when, it, when a hurricane or a strong storm comes through and everybody starts prepping, he goes, this is the cleanest you ever see the town because everything is put up. <laughs> and so we did that yesterday. We flipped over our trampoline and we shoved it up under the, the tree line because if it's going to end up in the trees, I want it to be there because I put it there, not because the storm puts it there. So we shoved it up and tried to wedge it in there as, as, best, uh, as best we could. But uh, that's just sort of how the the weekend has, has gone for us. It's been just a bit crazy, and of course now as we watch, and now it's our turn to sort of brace for, for what is coming, there is a lot of uncertainty, right? Because none of us really know what the weather's going to do. I mean, that's why they predict the weather, you know? We can't say with 100% accuracy what it is going to do, because we've all experienced weather events that went a different way or happened unexpectedly when we didn't expect it to. And so while it is predicted to sort of skirt the west coast of Florida, and then by the time it gets to us, maybe around a Category 1 hurricane and then dissipate as it goes into uh, to northeast and, and uh, central Alabama, you know, it'll eventually dissipate. But, you know, there's, uh, there's uncertainty about that, about what is, is going to happen. And so, you know, if you've watched the weather as much as Jackson has, this week, then you've heard the term, the cone of uncertainty, right? The cone of uncertainty. And, you know, what that is, is is basically, uh, it's the projected path that a storm is going to take with with margin of error. And so this morning I went to the uh, the National Hurricane Center, and there's there's Irma right there. That was from 5 o'clock this morning. It's just tremendous, you know, just covering the entire peninsula you see just a little bit of it i think you see what cuba kind of sticking out there a little bit but it's just a massive storm uh and so it's it's worth paying attention to right i mean it's definitely worth paying attention to well so i went to the national hurricane center and i wanted the definition of the cone of uncertainty and it's this the cone represents the probable track of the center of a tropical cyclone and is formed by enclosing an area swept out by a set of circles, which are not shown, along the forecast track. Uh, they do this at 12, 24, and 36 hours. Basically, every 12 hours or so, they uh, improve or uh, edit the, the cone of uncertainty. And, of course, here is the cone of uncertainty for us uh, as of, like, 5 o'clock this morning, also from the, the National Hurricane Center. And as you can see, you know, we're kind of right there in the middle of that thing. Right now, as we think about that, we've all ridden out storms before. We 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 kind of know what that's about. But again, there is a certain level of uncertainty. You know, we have people that are evacuating. We have people that are choosing to to stay where they are. Um, we have counties around us that are issuing uh, voluntary evacuations. Uh, Colquitt County is doing that. Albany is asking people to consider evacuating to, to different places. All of our stores and businesses are closing up shop. You know, Publix is closing at 12. I just got that notification just a few minutes ago while we were having communion, you know. Uh, and so because there's just, you know, we don't know what's going on. and people get scared, there's a lot of, of, of things that are happening. And when things, when we're uncertain of the outcome of things, that is a recipe for fear, right? When we don't know what's going on, 
fear can come into place. And so that's why I wanted to, to talk about uh, today, I wanted to talk about the cone of certainty, okay? Because while we may not know everything that's going on with our weather, I think we can have some certainty in, in Jesus. And so I thought that's what we would talk about this morning. And fear and uncertainty are certainly things that we deal with, but we're not the first people to deal with this. Throughout human history, people have dealt with it. And you go back through the scriptures and you read and see that the disciples that followed Jesus around, they dealt with the same thing. They dealt with fear and uncertainty. So what I want to do this morning is I want to allow Jesus to speak into whatever fear and uncertainty that we may have. Is that all right? Good. So let's begin in, uh, in Mark chapter 4. This is a great chapter. Uh, Jesus is teaching by uh, the sea. And so many people have gathered around him. You know, this is where he gets into the boat. Pushes out a little bit so he can kind of speak and the crowd can, can hear him and probably see him a little bit better. And so he spends a lot of time teaching and telling stories and parables and those kinds of things. And uh, you get down to verse 35. And it says, on that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let's go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. Now, while we're not out in a boat... There's some things there that we can relate to because Jesus is in this boat. He's got the disciples there. They're crossing, they're crossing the sea or the lake, and it is at night when a storm blows up, okay? It's going to be late into the evening when it starts to get really bad here, right? So we can kind of relate to that, right? Um, and it seems like when it's at night, it always is a little bit more scary or can be a little more scary because you can't see and you don't know what's what is, is going on, and if you're asleep and it wakes you up suddenly, you know, that's kind of, you know, that could be kind of scary. Well, this happens there. But verse 38 says, but he, Jesus, he was asleep in the stern on a cushion. They woke him up and said to him, teacher, don't you care that we are perishing? Then in verse 39, he woke up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe, and they said to one another, who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? So they wake Jesus up. He's snoozing. He can sleep through a storm like some people. And they wake him up. He gets up, and he says, peace, be still, the sea calms, the storm goes away. And then he turns to him, and he says, hey, look, what are you guys doing? You know, where is your faith? And I think that applies to us, too. And I think what we can probably say to this is, even if they did go down, it's going to be okay because they're with Jesus, Right? 
And so it's what has been alluded to here this morning, and I've heard that mixing among the crowds, and I've heard people mention it from up here, that even if everything does go bad here, if our life is secure with Jesus, it's all going to be okay. Does that make sense? Okay, so the thing to us is to heed Jesus' word in the midst of our fear, peace be still. You know, the storms that are going on inside of us, inside of our lives, okay, the storm that is actually bearing down on us, you know, we might lose everything around here, okay? This building may not be here. Our homes may take damage. The trees may go down and snap power lines, and we're without power for a week and no internet and all that, and the world will seem like it's coming to an end. And there's probably going to be loss of life somewhere during the path of this storm, or at least it's there's a probability of that. I pray that it's only stuff that's damaged. But we know how these things go, and a lot of times people can't get out or choose not to get out, and sometimes people lose their lives. And I pray that that doesn't happen. I pray that doesn't include people here. But what we need to know is that even though we might lose everything physical, including our own lives, as long as our life is with Jesus, we're all right. There is uncertainty all the time. And we live in a cone of uncertainty all the time, do we not? About what's going to happen and, or not happen, okay? But with Jesus, we can live under the cone of certainty. Now then, I kind of like the cone of certainty. I think it works kind of as a metaphor. Jesus said, there's two paths. There's a broad, there's a narrow a lot of people are going to choose the broad path. That's not the good one. A few people are going to choose the narrow way. Okay, or come under the cone of certainty. That's the one we need to be. That's the one we need to do. We need to trust in Jesus just as he encouraged his disciples. And did you notice that there's uncertainty here? Because he stands up and he rebukes the wind and the waves and he asks them where their faith was and they are still uncertain as to who he is. Did you see that? Who is this that he can calm the sea in the storm? Well, of course, we know through Scripture that this is the Son of God. Jesus' baptism. The heavens begin to speak. It's God speaking from the heavens. The dove descends, and the voice of God rings out, This is my Son. I'm pleased with what he's doing. And other times it says, This is my Son. Listen to him at the transfiguration. And so God acknowledges that this is his son. This man that they're riding in the boat with that stands up and speaks calm and the seas, the, 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 the torrent dies down, is the son of God. But there is uncertainty. But we see it again in the passage that we studied on Wednesday night. So go to, go to John chapter 14. There's fear and there's uncertainty going on here. Chapter 14 opens up with a statement by Jesus where he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Now then, there's a question there that's begging to be asked. 
what do they have to be troubled about? I mean, they're with Jesus. What do they have to be troubled about? Well, he said this on the last night of his life before the crucifixion. Judas has already left the group to go begin the betrayal process. Okay? Judas has left, and he's going to get the guards to lead them to where Jesus and the disciples are going to be in the garden in just a little while. Peter has just been told that he is going to deny Jesus publicly. Jesus has told them, I'm going away. I'm not going to be here. Okay, he's told them this on a few occasions, and now it's kind of all coming to a head. And so Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. They had a lot to be concerned about because their teacher, their master, their rabbi, they'd been, they've been following around for a long time, is, is leaving them. But Jesus says, believe in God. Believe in me. Trust in the plan. Trust in, in what is going to happen. And then in verse 2, he says, In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and will take you myself so that where I am, you may be also. And you will know the way to the place where I'm going. And then Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where are you going. How can we know the way. You see the uncertainty there? We don't know where you're going. How can we possibly know the way? And Jesus responds, Thomas, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is God's Son, the one who steals the storms and calms the sea and his disciples here, even at the end of his life, you know, that story when they're out on the sea, that's earlier in his ministry. This is the last night of his life. They have been out doing the work of Jesus, okay? Jesus is saying, Thomas, you know who I am. You think that you're uncertain about the way. You're uncertain about what to do. I am the way to God, is what he's saying. I am the truth. I am and the life. And Thomas, what is, is, is implied here is that you know this. You've been doing this with me. You've followed me around and you've seen me perform miracles. You've heard my teachings. You have participated in this ministry along with me. Thomas, you know the way. Because I am that way. I am the truth. I am the life. You see, if we want that certainty we have to believe that jesus is the way the truth and the life and that he is the way he is the way to the father you see with jesus there is no there is no uncertainty about what is next there might be uncertainty about what goes on here okay there's a lot of that but with jesus there is no uncertainty but it's about trusting in him. In Matthew chapter 7, that'll be the last text we look at. It's the, uh, you know, this is this sermon that Jesus preaches. It's the most famous of, of any teaching that Jesus ever offered or preached, however you want to look at it. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. 
Matthew devotes three whole chapters to the sayings of Jesus. And it's in this sermon that Jesus lays out the Beatitudes or the becoming attitudes, how to be happy with your life on earth. He talks about marriage and divorce and how to deal with that. He talks about loving enemies. You know, he gives us an ethic on how we are to live life as his followers, as his Christians, you know, that we are to, to love people. He teaches us how to pray. It's all these great teachings that he gives us that if we believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, then here is the following. Here's the, here's the teaching of the way. Here's how to be part of the way. Here's how to participate in the truth. And here's how to live the life of Jesus is to take his teachings, which are ultimately about loving God and loving people with everything you've got and doing that. Okay? And so then he goes through the whole sermon. He gets all the way to the end, chapter 7, starting in verse 24. And he says, everyone who hears these words of mine, in other words, everything that he's just laid out, and acts on them, will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell and the, and the floods came. Are we expecting some of that? Yeah, I think so. And the winds blew and beat on the house. Are we expecting some of that? <laughs> yeah. But it did not fall because it had been founded on a rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains fell, the winds blew, the floods came and beat against the house, and it fell, and it was a great fall. And I think there's a lesson there, too. If we believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that he is the one that speaks peace over the world, speaks peace into the storms that we face in our lives if we believe that he does provide the ethic for how we should live and follow him and what he's saying is if you really believe i'm the way and the truth and the life then this is the way the truth and the life that you will also live and the one who does this your house is going to stand now physically your house may fall but spiritually your house will stand because it's built on the rock or The cornerstone, which is what Ephesians 2.20 also refers to Jesus as. That's the foundation of a house, the first stone put in that the rest of the house is based on. If your life is with him, yeah, there's lots of uncertainty, but if you're with Jesus, everything's going to be all right. You know, that's what he's saying. But if not, well, then you're just going to live in the cone of uncertainty. Eventually, the house will fall. Our children, they sing that song all the time, don't they? The wise man built his house upon the rock. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The rains came a-tumbling down. Should we sing it now? The rains came down and the floods came up. Yeah. Our kids sing that song all the time. They love the splat. That's their favorite part of the song. That's the most destructive part, but they like that best. Foolish man's house went splat. Woo! But it always comes back around to build your house on the Lord Jesus Christ. 
the blessings come down, the prayers go up, all that stuff. So we know that we have storms all around us. We have storms that we face in our jobs. We have storms that we face in our marriages, with our families, with our school. We have storms of of sickness that are temporary things like fevers and flus. Or we have storms of cancer or depression and, and, and mental illness that might plague someone for, for long times. Or we have actual physical storms like Hurricane Irma that is, is heading our way or Hurricane Harvey that ravaged Texas just a few days ago. And it is, imposs- it is entirely possible to allow the fear of all of those things to overwhelm us, is it not? And those, thing, those things can be scary because if your marriage is on the brink of disaster, that can be a scary thing, can it not? Of not knowing, of, uh, of having uncertainty about what you'll do and where you'll live and how you'll provide for yourself or be provided for. Or if there's uncertainty with a family member or yourself with a sickness, that can lead to fear. Or if all of a sudden you lose your job, that can be fear. Or if you have a, a family member or a child that goes astray, that can be a scary thing. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world, and fear can overtake us. And, and you know this, and I know this, fear can be paralyzing. Fear can have a devastating effect on us if we are not careful. So the question that I have for us this morning is, what are we trusting in? Are we trusting in our own abilities and that alone? Now then, I think we can trust in our abilities because I think God gave them to us and wants us to. I think God wants us to use our brains, otherwise we wouldn't have them. Right? But ultimately, our trust needs to go back to the ones who created our brains. Our trust needs to go back to to trusting in God, to trusting in Jesus. With Jesus, there is no uncertainty, but without Jesus, there is nothing but uncertainty. With uncertainty comes fear and comes worry and doubt and all of these things. So the question, or what I would say to you as as a way of a point, is simply this. Let Jesus speak into the storms of your life. And what you're going to hear Jesus say is, peace be still. Meditate on that as you listen to this song.
So the rain has begun to fall, just lightly, but it's going to increase. And the winds are going to pick up, and the weather's going to get worse. Who are we trusting in? And this storm is also a metaphor for our lives as well. Because we face the storms like we just talked about. And again, who are we, who are we trusting? There's uncertainty about what may happen. 
with this storm. There's uncertainty about what may happen in the storms of our lives, but with Jesus, there is no uncertainty. There is nothing but certainty. And so that's what I would encourage you to to think about, that if you've never given your life to Jesus or you're worried about these things, that you put your full trust in Him. That you believe in, in Him. Believe in God, as Jesus said as well. Trust in His plan. Put the words and the teachings of Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life into practice in your own life. And live without fear and live without uncertainty. Knowing that in the end, Jesus wins. And if we are on the side of Jesus, we win too. Because with Jesus, there is certainty. Let's pray together.